Sunday morning of September the 15th, 2019. Uh, I've been talking to you about the tithe. I taught on the tithe uh, Wednesday night. But I want to finish up some of the things that I was saying because this is a big, huge story. It has to do with spiritual Israel. I said to you Wednesday that the tithe, tithe means a tenth. And the Levites received the tithe. And we see that in Numbers 18. And the reason being because the Levites were not numbered with Israel. And the Bible says that in Numbers, the first chapter. Numbers 1 and in the 35th chapter of Numbers and in other places the Levites are never numbered and they received the 10th that's what they existed on the Levites were the sons of Levi Levi uh, Levi was was the third son well let me he was the third son of Jacob third Jacob's other sons were Reuben. He was the firstborn. And then Simeon. And then Levi. And then Judah. And these were all sons of Leah, Jacob's uh, wife, Leah. And then, and then Rachel, his beloved wife, the one he loved, that he had to work an extra seven years for, Rachel said, I want some sons. So she sends her handmaid, Bilhah. Rachel? Huh? Rachel. Rachel. Rachel sends in Bilhah her handmaiden into Jacob and she has two sons Dan and Naphtali Dan and Naphtali and then Leah says well I want some sons by my handmaid so he sends Zilpah now don't name your kids two good daughters Zilpah and Bilhah nobody they'll make fun of them Zilpah Zilpah she has two sons Dan Naphtali and Gad and Asher so this was by Zilpah here and then Leah says I want some more sons by me so she has Zebulon Zebulun is very interesting because that is where Nazareth is when they divided up the land. And if you'll notice on this map, 
Levi is not there because he had no inheritance. So the 11 sons here, actually 12, because God split the tribe of Joseph into Manasseh and Ephraim, the two sons of Joseph. So, Zebulun, and in the land of Zebulun, that is where Nazareth is. When Jesus takes on his ministry, he moves his ministry just north of the Dead Sea on the north bank of the, not the Dead Sea, the Sea of Galilee, to a place called Capernaum. So that's where he works from, and that's in northern Galilee. And the Pharisees hated him and kept calling him a Samaritan. Samaria was a title for all of northern Israel. So they kept calling him Samaritan, but they didn't know he was born in Bethlehem. I'm not going to go into that story anymore because I can go all day on that. So Zebulun, that was Leah's son, Leah. And she decided to have another child. That was Issachar. Issachar. So these are Leah's sons here. And then uh, she said, I want another child. So she has a daughter. This is the only daughter that Jacob had. Dinah. That was the daughter. That was the daughter that fell in love with a man named Shechem in northern Israel. And her, his father was Hamor. And they were having an affair. They were having an affair together, sleeping together. And so... Uh, they said Shechem and Dinah went to Jacob and said can we be a part of the Israelites Jacob said you can if you will all be circumcised so Shechem consulted with his father Hamor and they want to become tribes of Israel well they were circumcised and while they were circumcised they were hurting and they were in pain and that's when this rascal Simeon said, you messed with my sister and we're going to kill them for this. So he recruited Levi to go with him and they murdered all of Hamor's and Shechem's family just because of their ignorance. And Jacob says, you brought reproach upon Israel. So if people want to say, well, predestination is not true. That's talking about nations. While Israel is forming into a nation, if there was an evil man, it was Simeon. That's why I believe God stuck Simeon right down in the middle of southern Judah. He was not numbered with Judah. He was numbered with northern Israel. The only people that's numbered in Judah was Ephraim, or excuse me, Benjamin and Judah. I believe he stuck Simeon down there so Judah could keep an eye on him. That's the only reason I can see that Simeon is down there. Simeon was a temperamental guy, wanted to just have his way, wanted to hurt somebody when they were not walking according to his belief. Well, at this, that was Dinah's story. We'll go through that one day. Just read it and go through it.
Well, after Dinah, Rachel is crying out to God. She hasn't had a son yet. I am barren. Lord, what about me? Give me a son. You talk about giving a son. God gave her the prize son. The one was most like Jesus in all the Old Testament. Gave her Joseph. Gave her Joseph. And his two sons were Ephraim. His secondborn and Manasseh, his firstborn. So Joseph is the eleventh son, and he has Jacob has all these eleven sons while he's over here in in Haran. That's where he fled to when he cheated his brother out of his birthright. He has that over here in Haran. Let me see if I can find it here. Haran is the same thing as Babylon. He's over here. Then he heads back. After 20 years over here in Babylon, or the land of Haran, on the Euphrates River, he heads back 20 years later, and comes back to Israel, there in the 30th and 31st and 32nd chapters of Genesis. And when he gets back to Bethlehem, his wife Rachel is pregnant again and he has one more son. He's called a lion. He is a fighter. Benjamin. The scripture calls him a young lion. At one time he had been involved in homosexuality among his tribe and all the rest of the tribes attacked him and he was hard to deal with. Just a little bit about that. So Benjamin was Jacob's twelfth son. Well, Levi, somehow this has to fit in with the fact that Levi has made the priesthood. Well, the priests lived all over Israel because they didn't have any part of ownership in any land. When they would be in a land, they had Levites here and up here and over here. All over Israel, they had them. Well, when they would be there, they some of these tribes had to at least loan them some land that they could plow up and grow crops and so forth. And they received the tenth. They received the tithe. And the Bible says they were not numbered. Anytime you find Levi, like over there in in Revelation, the seventh chapter, the Bible talks about 12,000 out of each tribe, and it says 12,000 out of the tribe of Levi. Well, that's not a correct numbering for Israel because Levi was never numbered with Israel. Never. And Dan was left out, and Dan was always numbered with Israel. Dan was the son of was the son of Rachel by Bilhah. That was his. He Dan was the the northernmost point of northern Israel. The there was a city of Dan. Whenever you, you read in the Bible from Dan to Beersheba, the city of Dan was the furthest point in northern Israel, and the city of Beersheba was the furthest point. That's simply saying it's covering all the land. Now. 
we're talking about Levi. Levi received the tenth. And they did not... I'm trying to show you how there was a transfer and how it happened. There was a transfer of the Levitical priesthood. There was a transfer from Levi to Judah. All the tithe goes from Levi to Judah and all of the all of the sacrifices Judah we're talking about Judah we're talking about Jesus the lion of Judah Jesus the lion of Judah so and he is when we're talking about transferring the priesthood We're talking about Jesus was the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is not a priest for the future. It is, but it's a priest for right now. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Which temple ye are? And the scripture tells us that all through the New Testament. We're the temple of God. If we're the temple of God, we're spiritual Israel. That's what we are. That's what Paul said in Romans, the second chapter. He said, a Jew is not outwardly, but of the heart. Circumcision of the heart. And he said there to the Ephesians in second chapter of Ephesians, he said... I've made both Jew and Gentile one body, one new man. He's talking about the spiritual Gentile, the believers. He said, I've made them one new man. And he said, from now on, the circumcision will be... Circumcision was a picture of Israel because Abraham, in Genesis, the 17th chapter, Abram... It's what he was called up to the 17th chapter. And God said, you've been called Abram. Abram. And that's a construction of Ab and Rum. Rum. R-U-M-N. Rum is the word Proud. It's the same word, six thing God hates, seven is an abomination, and proud look is the first word in that list. Proud is the word room, and God hates that. So he said, I gotta change your name to Abraham. Ab means father, or to will, or desire. It is the father's will to save whom he desires. Ab Abraham. Abraham. Abraham means father of Raham, father of many nations. Father of many nations. And he was. He's the father of all of the Muslims. He's the father of the Jews. He is the father of many nations. Now we're talking about 
Levi here. Judah received the, the kingship, but here's the thing. Out of Judah would come the king. The scepter will not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh, another name for Shalom, peace, a title for Christ has come. So, out of Judah would come the king. Jesus is the line of Judah. And David was the and he was said to be the son of David in the flesh because he came from that lineage. So there was a transfer from Levi to Melchizedek. Melchizedek, I said this Wednesday, comes. it's a construction of Melech and Sade, T-S-A-D-A-Y. Sade is the 18th letter of the Hebrew alphabet it means right or righteous so it means Melech is a common Hebrew word it means Lord but God forbid his children to call him Melech or Moloch so when those pagan sun worshippers were worshipping Moloch they were worshipping what they called the Lord God said you can't call me Molech so, Malek Sadeh. So this is the Lord or the King of Righteousness. Or as Hebrews 7 says, it means the King of Righteousness or Peace. The King of Peace. Now. Can you write a little larger? Huh? Can you write a little larger? Can I write a little larger? Yeah, I'll try. I can see it real clear. I'd <laughs> All right. Now I gotta leave these guys up here. Let me erase this over over here. Now Alright. Now what I want to do is show you. Now we've already concluded that Levi, I want to show you the transfer and how that it happened, the Bible says. There was a transfer of all the duties of Levi over to Judah or over to Jesus who is the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The word order. Word order is the word taxis. This is the word order. Taxis. That's a Greek word. word. It means a fixed succession of people. That is a taxis we get our word tact or tactical. Tactical is a military term. It means to march in rank or in an order. That's what Melchizedek was an order. When Jesus was a priest forever after the order, forever means he started it somewhere Jesus was the first priest. We said this Wednesday night. He was the first priest. Anywhere in the Bible when you find a priest, you have to be a priest to offer a sacrifice. You cannot offer a sacrifice without being a priest. That's what we are. But we're not all high priests. 
Everybody that was a Levite wasn't a high priest. High priests had to come out of the lineage of Aaron. Aaron was Moses' older brother. He was three years older than Moses. And if you're not a son of Aaron or one of his descendants, the priesthood was inherited from the parent. And all the high priests had to come out of Aaron. I'll show you that in a moment. You could be a son of Levi without being a high priest because Levi had three sons. Three sons. And we'll look at that in just a minute. This word taxis is a form of tasso. Tasso means an orderly succession or an orderly arrangement. That's the word that's used in Acts 13.48. As many as ordained to eternal life believed. As many as were in the orderly arrangement of God believed. Now, if you I've said this the other night, but if you go into a lodge and you have this is a this is a taxis right here, and you'll have pictures of a man and it'll say High Potentate nineteen twenty nine. This is the head of the lodge. And then it'll say, High Potentate 1930. High Potentate 1931. And so forth up to the present day. That is a taxis and order. So this is not one man. It's an order. And Jesus started it. Where did he start it? Who was the God in the beginning? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. By the Word. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word is Christ. He was in the beginning. He was the first high priest in the garden. When Adam and Eve sinned. And he said... Adam, where art thou? It what didn't mean that God didn't know where he was hiding in the garden. He meant, where are you spiritually? I want you to confess what you've done. And that was when Adam took his hands and took some fig leaves and tried to cover his nakedness with fig leaves. God says, that's not good enough. I need a dead lamb. And God himself killed the first sacrifice in the garden to cover the sin of Adam and Eve. And I believe it was a lamb that he killed. That's the first baptism. That's the first sacrifice. So if he's a priest forever, that means he was the priest in the beginning. Then they passed this on down to Shem. I believe Shem was the high priest in his time because Shem was the second born of Noah. God said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, that Canaan will be his servants, and Japheth will dwell in the house of Shem. When one man inherited everything, it was up to him to take care of the rest. I believe Shem was the 
priests forever after the order of Melchizedek in Genesis 14 when Lot was taken prisoner by these evil wicked kings and Abraham took all the people in his household well over 300 people and went and rescued Lot and the king of Sodom said I want to give you part of this part of this booty and Abraham said I will not take anything from your hand lest you say that I made you rich or you made me rich he said I'm not going to take anything from you so Abraham turned around and Melchizedek is on the scene and he gives a tenth to Melchizedek that's where the first place we find Melchizedek is in Genesis 14 the rest of the places you find Melchizedek one time in the Psalms and then the majority of the time where you find Melchizedek mentioned is in Hebrews the 5th and the 7th chapter that's why I'm going to have to review that and go back because you find that's where Melchizedek is spoken of now what I want to do is show you what kind of a priest you are and what you have inherited you say I'm a priest that's what the Bible says in 1 Peter 1 2 and 9 that we are a royal priesthood priests have to offer sacrifice the scripture tells us in Revelation 1 and 6 God hath made us priests and kings we are priests and kings remember I taught on the two witnesses that's the two witnesses because the two olive trees which are the two witnesses in Revelation 11 the two olive trees are the two anointed ones that stand beside the Lord of the whole earth in Zechariah the fourth chapter so the two anointed ones in the Old Testament there were actually three anointed but the two anointed ones that represented God in the earth that's what it says was the priest and the king now you are a priest what is the sacrifice that you're to offer to God you have to be anointed we're anointed with the Bible says in 1 John 2.27 that we're anointed with truth so in order to offer, to offer sacrifice you're anointed with truth and you have to give your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service how am I a priest if I'm not a if I'm not a, a high priest you're not a high priest there's only one high priest there was one high priest in the Old Testament Aaron and his sons now I want you to go with me over to Exodus the 6th chapter Exodus 6 alright we're going to look at the lineage of Jacob to a degree you say what is this important for it's everything I've, I've been studying Old Testament since 1956 I just fell in love with it when I heard a doctor of theology teach on it. Now, here in Genesis and Exodus 6, Exodus 6 chapter, it's going to give you the lineage of Levi. It starts off 
with the lineage of Reuben, the firstborn of Jacob. Because Reuben was unstable with water, it was the prerogative of the father of the family. The firstborn was supposed to have three things. He was to be the priest, the king, and receive the inheritance. Well, because Reuben was unstable as water, he had slept with Bilhah, which was Jacob's handmaid, who, got, who gave him two sons, gave him Dan and Naphtali. Reuben, just a heathen, acted like a heathen. Gosh, it, that just shows you again, when people say, before they were done any good or evil, oh, God's talking about nations. Boy, Israel was evil all the way. Jacob was a liar and a thief. And Reuben was unstable. So Jacob said, I've got to give, give this priesthood, kingship, and inheritance to I want to. So he made the priesthood Levi. He made the king come out of Judah. And that would always be there. These would always be there through the generations to the millennia thousands of years God would see to it that they're reserved and he gave the inheritance to Joseph you can see that in the 48th chapter of Genesis he gave it to his son Ephraim actually gave it to Joseph through his second born son Ephraim now I want us to look here in the 6th chapter of Exodus this is going to give us show you where the kingship, where the priesthood has to come from. Exodus, the sixth chapter, and he starts talking about the various sons, and he goes on through this. He speaks of Reuben in the 14th chapter. These be the heads of their father's houses, the sons, Reuben, the firstborn of Israel. Verse 15, it's Simeon, the secondborn, and verse 16, Levi, the thirdborn. These are the names. You want to know where you can find these men and how they were born? You look in Genesis, the 29th. You will find these sons in the order of their birth. In Genesis 29 and 30. You can see this. You can see the jealousy going on between Rachel. She is so jealous of Leah having all these kids. And she wants one too. So God finally gives her Joseph and Benjamin. When, After being over here in Haran, when they get to Bethlehem, coming back after Jacob running away from his brother for stealing his birthright, when they get back to Bethlehem, that's where Benjamin is born and that that's the time that Jacob's beloved Rachel dies giving birth to Benjamin that's in the 37th chapter a 30 uh, 35th chapter of Genesis now I'm going to look at Levi it's very interesting these are the names of the sons of Levi according to their generations Gershon Koath and Mareri. Let me put this on the board. This is a chart that you need to know about. 
because this has to do with who gets to be the priest. I'm going to go ahead and race these guys. You can remember them, can't you? Now, I'm going to put this on the board as we go. Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. So this is the sons of Levi. Well, let me erase this up here, too. I need the whole board to do this. Here's Levi, the thirdborn of Jacob. When you see Leviticus... I need to, don't I? I can see it clear up here. I just forget. Y'all can't see it. Levi, third born of Jacob. <laughs> Levi, this is his lineage. And here's his sons. The first one is Gershon, then Koath. G-E-R-S-H-O-N Gershon Koath Koath and then Mareri now all of these are priests but they're not all high priests let's look and see all right. And the years of the life of Levi were 137 years. He lived to be 137 years old. The sons of Gershon, Libni, and Shimei, L-I-B-N-I, and Shimei, That's, but these are priests also. All these are priests. But they're not in the right lineage to be high priests. And according to their families. And the sons of Koath. This is extremely important. Amram. Amram, Ishtar, and Hebron, and Uziel. Amram. Very important. Let me move this out of the way. This is why these chronologies are important. When you get through this, you go, oh, wow. So you got Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uziel. Amram. And who's the next one? Hebron. Ishar, I-Z-H-A-R, Ishar. And then you've got, it's not boring, wait till we get through. <laughs> uh, Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. Hebron, you recognize some of these names. There was the land of Hebron. They named their lands after their people. I think we do that, don't we? Washington, D.C., 
Columbus, Georgia, Columbus, Ohio. Hendersonville is named after the Henderson family. <laughs> we do the same thing. Uziel. All of these are sons of Levi, and they're all priests. But they're not high priest. High priest is the only one that could go into into the temple on the day of atonement of atonement and sprinkle the Ark of the Covenant with the blood of a goat that was killed on this altar. You got the brazen sea down here, and you got the seven candlesticks and the table of showbread and the altar of incense. They're the only ones that could come in here on this altar of incense and offer that incense to God. You had to be a high priest to do to work inside this temple, you had to be a high priest or one of the sons of Aaron, or one of his descendants. You could not go in there, and boy, we had some real characters that go went in there. The, the enemies, Sanballat, tried to entice Nehemiah to go in there, and Nehemiah was believed to be a eunuch because he was a cupbearer for Artaxerxes. And if you're a cupbearer, they call it a butler, but it was a cupbearer. You were a wine taster just in case the king was going to be uh, killed in a coup. C-O-U-P, that's uh, where you try to overthrow the king. And in case he's going to be killed, you tasted the wine. And if you fell down dead, then the king wouldn't drink it. And they always had those those wine tasters, those cupbearers. Usually the kings would have them emasculated that's what that's how they became a eunuch where they couldn't have any children that could rise up against the king but even still Artaxerxes loved Nehemiah that's another story now these are the sons they're all priests but they're not high priests even Amram was a priest but the priesthood would come, high priesthood would come out of one of Amram's sons. He had two sons and one daughter. Let's read it here. Amram took him, Jochebed, his father's sister, to wife, and she bare him Aaron and Moses. Oh! Aaron. And Moses. Moses was a priest of God, but he wasn't a high priest. The high priesthood comes out of Aaron. You had to be one of his sons, or you had to be, and he had four sons. Who were they? He had four sons Nadab. Abihu Ithamar 
and Eliezer. Now this this really gets interesting because let's read just a little more. Oh, he also had uh, Amram had another child. And do you know who that was? It was a sibling to Aaron and Moses. Who would that be? Miriam. Huh? Miriam. She is the one that murmured against Moses for marrying an Ethiopian and a black woman. And God got infuriated. He said, that's my will. And so he told Aaron, he told Moses, you tell Aaron, I want to see him at the door of the temple, of the tabernacle. Whew. Because Aaron had, but Miriam was the troublemaker. She's the one that started it. So God got Aaron over there at the door of the temple and said, this is my will that he married that woman. He said, you better repent quickly. And he struck Miriam with leprosy. Because they murmured against Moses marrying a black woman. Watch out what you get mad at. We don't believe in racism here. It's not the color of your skin that's going to get you into heaven. It's the condition of your heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. But God had to kill Nadab and Abihu before they had any children. Why? And in Numbers, uh, the 10th chapter, Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire to the Lord. They were high priests. They were sons of Aaron. Even Moses couldn't go into the Holy of Holies, which was called the house of God, and Christ is the son of his own house. Whose house are we? So whatever's inside the Holy of Holies is us. Our hearts are sprinkled. The Ark of the Covenant is sprinkled. You had to be a son of Aaron. The Bible says so. In Leviticus, the 16th and 17th chapter. The Bible tells you that. You had to be a son of Aaron. Let me read a little bit more. Alright. And Amram took Jochebed, his father's sister, to wife. And she bare him Aaron and Moses. And the years of the life of Amram were 130 and 7 years. You don't have Miriam listed here, but she was the daughter. The main reason... You're showing the men that were in charge that were Levites. The sons of Izhar, now this is very interesting. Izhar had Korah, Nepheg, and Ziphthri. Izhar. Korah. I can't remember all these guys' names. Korah. Zithreg. Uh, Korah. Nepheg and Zithri. Nepheg and Zithri. You remember 
the story about Korah and Numbers, the 16th chapter. Korah went in with a man named Dathan. They conspired together and they went to Moses and Aaron and said, you take too much upon yourselves. You think you're the leaders? I think we should be able to offer incense here in this temple. Whoa! That's not your job. You got a job. It's to bear the instruments of the Ark of the Covenant whenever the temple has, when God speaks to Moses and says, move! You do nothing but take down all the tent Take down, take all the instruments, and all of the instruments, everything in here had little rings in them, and they had staves that went through those rings, and they were borne by the by the sons of Koath that were not of the high priesthood. Now I was going to go through a lot of that, through all that, that bearing those. Are, the the peculiar thing about this, the Bible says, anyone who touches the ark of the covenant, you put your hands on it, you touch it, you die. And these sons of Korath. They had to bear these this ark. Everything had rings in the side of it. The table of showbread. The altar of incense. The main altar here. They had rings in them. I don't know how they transported the, the brazen sea. Of course, they didn't have to transport it once the temple was built. And that's when it was constructed in the 7th chapter of 1 Kings. Now, here's the amazing thing. Korah... He is not a high priest. He is not a son of, of Aaron. He's not even in his lineage. He's a Korathite, and he is a high priest, and his job was to carry the instruments. That's all. Pack them up and carry them. When the clouds started moving by day or the fire by night, if it moved, you grabbed everything and started moving with it. Well, Korah, in that Numbers, the 16th chapter, he goes to Moses and says, I think you're taking too much on you. That was written down in the Bible that he had no part to go into that temple. He wasn't a high priest. Or into the tabernacle. And Moses said, I'll tell you what. You bring your followers out tomorrow. He had 250 followers along with Korah and Dathan. They were some wicked hearts. He said, bring them out and we'll see if you get to offer incense. So Cor brings his troop out, 250 of them in that 16th chapter. And he says, uh, and Moses stands up before him and says, Now, if the ground doesn't open up and swallow you, I am not God's leader. And it swallowed all of them. Boom, it's over with. That's how serious God was about doing the things you're supposed to do and living the way you're supposed to live. When he set up these things, that's another reason when you go to Second, Second Samuel, the 6th chapter, at that point, the Ark of the Covenant 
had been captured by the Philistines. And there was a reason for that because the high priest in Israel at that time was Eli. Eli had two wicked sons. Eli was the high priest in Israel. He is of the descendant of Ithamar or Eliezer. And his two sons were wicked. Hophni and Phinehas. They offered, they did things with God that shouldn't be done. They took, they said, we don't want our our sacrifices boiled. We want to take them raw so we can cook them the way we want to cook them. But that's the way they were offered on this altar here. And the priest ate from that altar. They had a flesh hook. You can look up flesh hook in your McClinican Strong. It was a long handle utensil that had hooks on the end of it and that reached down and the priest had to eat. They were usually on duty. They had 24, 24 courses of Ithamar and Eliezer after God killed Nadab and Abihu. Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire. I don't know what they did, and the Bible doesn't say what they did. But the strange fire, the only fire they could light this candlestick with was from this altar. The only thing that they could put in this golden censer to burn it before God had to come from this altar. They either, the only thing I can think of, they either got the fire, said, well, the candlestick is closer. We'll just get some fire from the candlestick and take it over here and put it on the incense. Or they made up the wrong formula for incense. Wrong, wrong formula. That's all I can think of. That the fire, either they took it from here, or they rocked, offered the wrong formula. And God called that strange fire, and He struck them dead. And He told their father Aaron and the surviving two sons, "Don't you dare mourn for these two boys. They knew what they did was wrong. If you mourn for them, I will kill you and I'll kill your two sons and I'll get me some other priests. God was tough. They offered strange fire somehow and they're referred to constantly throughout, throughout the Old Testament that they offered strange fire and God killed them. You think it's serious serving God according to His Word? Is it? Yeah, I think it is. Now, and when Korah said, "We want to, we want to offer incense in this temple," you have to come from Aaron. Look over here in the 16th chapter of Leviticus. Not Leviticus, 16th chapter of Numbers. This is where Korah, verse 1, and now Korah the son of Izhar, the son of Izhar, Korah, the son of Izhar, there it is right there. We read it out of Exodus 6. And he's not in the lineage of the high priest. 
And he says, the son of Kohath, Izhar, the son of Kohath. You can trace it. You can trace these things back. The son of Levi. Son of Levi. Kohath. Izhar. Kohath. Not a high priest. The son of Izhar. The son of Kohath. The son of Levi. And Dathan and Abiram. The sons of Eliab. And On. The son of Peleth. And these are all... The sons of Reuben took men. These were Reubenites. The men that came, these were the and the sons of Eliab and On, the son of Peleth. These were all sons of Reuben. They Reuben was the firstborn. They took some guys with them that wasn't even Levites, wasn't even priesthoods. And they thought you could just operate the way you want to in the temple of God. You can't do that. You start lying about the word of God, you're in trouble. And they rose up before Moses and with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, You take too much on yourselves. You'd like to, you take too much seeing all the congregation is holy. We're holy too. Every one of them and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation. We want to offer sacrifice. That's when Moses says, bring your 250 men out tomorrow and bring 250 offering units and look at verse 16. Moses said unto Korah, be that all thy company before the Lord, thou and they and Aaron tomorrow, and take every man in his censer and put incense in them, and bring ye therefore the Lord every man his censer, 250 censers. You got 250 followers? We're going to see if God's going to accept you of the tribe of Reuben, and some of you that are of the tribe of Levi, but you're not of the, of the lineage of Aaron. And Aaron and each of you his censer and they took every man his censer and put fire therein and laid incense thereon and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron look over here in verse 27 so they got up from the tabernacle of Korah Dathan and Abiram these evil men on every side and Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have done them of I have not done them of mine own mind. I'm not doing this of my mind when I'm preaching up here. I'm trying to tell you the truth. If these men die the common death of all men if they die of old age, that's what he's saying. Or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, they could grow old and die, then the Lord hath not sent.
sent me. How would you like Moses saying that to you? If you die a common death, you die of old age, God hasn't sent me. That means you're going to die shortly. But if the Lord make a new thing and the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them up, all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked God. Watch out that you don't provoke God. You're now all these men were priests. Aaron was a priest. Miriam wasn't a priest. She was a woman. Ithamar and Eliezer were the only two that were left. But let's read here in this chapter. Verse 36. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Eliezer, one of the survivors of Aaron, one of the children of Aaron. There he is right there, Eliezer. We talked about him over there in the sixth chapter of Exodus. The son of Aaron the priest, that he take up the censers out of the burning and scatter the fire yonder, for they are hallowed. The censers of these sinners against their own souls, these 250 men that God killed, swallowed, the, swallowed them up in the earth. Let them make them broad plates for covering of the altar, for they offered them before the Lord. Therefore they are hallowed, and they shall be a sign unto the children of Israel. And Eliezer the priest took the brazen censers. See, he's a child of Aaron. He, he's got a right to this. Wherewith that they were burnt and had offered, they made bread, broad plates for the covering of the altar to be a memorial unto the children of Israel that no stranger that is not of the seed of Aaron come near for incense before the Lord that he be not as Korah and as his company as the Lord said unto him by the hand of Moses. He's setting up Aaron to be the high priest. All these other people are priests. Anybody that's a son of Levi is a priest. Gershon had a bunch of kids, and they had kids that we were all priests. They inherited it from being from Levi. Merari had a bunch of kids that were priests. But you couldn't go into the temple and do any of that work unless you were a son of Aaron. Look at that in the 17th chapter. This will show you exactly. You hear about Moses, you hear about Aaron's rod. Aaron's rod that budded. Aaron's rod that budded. This God sets up Aaron as the high priest in any of his children. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers. Of all their princes, according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods, write thou upon every name 
upon the rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. He's going to say whichever one of these rods, it's a dead stick. Whichever one of them resurrects and comes alive, that will be my high priest. Resurrection is the sign coming from the dead, isn't it? And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony. I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom, will resurrect from the dead. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, every one of their princes gave him a rod of peace, and Aaron will have his name on the rod of Levi to see who's going to be the high priest. For each prince, one according to their father's houses, even twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds. It resurrected from the dead and started blooming. And bloomed blossoms and yielded almonds. And Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord unto all the children of Israel. And they looked and took every man his rod. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels. Thou shalt quite take away their murmurings and from me that they die not. And Moses said, did so. As the Lord commanded him, so did he. And the children of Israel spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. Whosoever cometh anything near the tabernacle of the Lord shall die. Shall we be consumed with dying? Now go over here to First Chronicles, the 24th chapter. First Chronicles 24. I've got so much on this, I don't know how to do it all. Now, it's very important to study these chronological order of these people. Very important. All scriptures are given by inspiration for God and is profitable. These, the order of these men are always profitable. Now these are the divisions of the sons of Aaron, the high priest. Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died before their father and had no children. Therefore, if they had children, they would have been high priests. Nadab and Abihu got struck down by God because they offered strange fire. Therefore, Eleazar and Ithamar executed the priest's office. Eleazar, and you're going to find every high priest, whoever it is, when you run across Phineas, 
when you run across Eli there in 1 Samuel the second chapter when you run across any high priest in the Bible when you run across Annas and Caiaphas these were evil men Annas during the days of Jesus they did some evil in the priest's office don't have time to go into that when you run across a man named named Joshua not Joshua who led the children of Israel into the promised land Joshua was a common name this is a man that was high priest around 520 BC Joshua the man the, the great Joshua the great Joshua that led the children of Israel into the promised land that was around 1400 BC so don't always check and see who these people are this Joshua was the high priest during the time of Z-E-R-R-U-B-A-B-E-L Zerubbabel was in the lineage of Judah but Israel had been carried off into captivity by Babylon which was overthrown by Persia and this was during the Persian Empire here and Zerubbabel is in the lineage of Jesus in Matthew the first chapter so if Persia under Darius and Artaxerxes and Cyrus had allowed Israel to have kings since they had been so rebellious they'd been carried into captivity and this was in 520 BC this is they were carried in captivity in 586 BC so this is a 66 years after they've been carried into captivity and Zerubbabel would have been king at that point so the priest and the king at this time would have been Joshua and Zerubbabel and you read about Joshua and Zechariah the fourth chapter so he was a very notable high priest there's some notable high priests in there Ezra was a high priest let me show you about Ezra I'll come right back to this. But look at Ezra real quick. Ezra the 7th chapter. Ezra. Ezra and Nehemiah. So Job, Psalms, Proverbs. Ezra. Look at Ezra the 7th chapter. This will show you how important it is to read these chronological lineage of people. Show you exactly. Ezra the 1st chapter. After these things in the reign of Artaxerxes, he was the he was the king of Persia. After Persia is nothing but Iran. It's Afghanistan, Pakistan, all those stands over there. That's Persia. In the reign of Artaxerxes, of the king of Persia, Ezra, Ezra, the book of Ezra was written by Ezra. Ezra was said to be the man who correlated all of the Old Testament canon and put the canon of the scripture together. That was Ezra. Ezra the son of Sarai, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah. Hilkiah, he was the high priest that found the book of the law in the 22nd chapter of 2 Kings when the 
kingdom had laid waste for a long time. Josiah was the king. And Josiah's father was Ammon, a wicked man. His grandfather was Manasseh, another wickeder man. His great-grandfather was Hezekiah, one of the most righteous men who ever lived. This is like as the world turns, isn't it? With all this rape and murder and killing and so that was Hilkiah the high priest found the book of the law he gave it to Shaphan the scribe and said take this to King Josiah and they didn't know nothing about God his father and grandfather had nearly destroyed and laid everything waste in Israel and set aside the law and they didn't live by it when Josiah got the book of the law that was sent by Hilkiah the high priest he began to weep and cry and said, What have we done? He had the greatest revival Israel ever had in that 22nd, 23rd chapter. He destroyed all the Baal gods in Israel, took them out and crushed them to powder and threw them in the brook. Pulled down the chariots, the gold chariots that they worshipped. All of the hangings for the grove, the Christmas tree ornaments. He just literally he killed all these paganism. And the Bible says there was never a man that lived and trusted the Lord after the law of God like Josiah. And there was never a man that trusted God in faith like his great-grandfather, Hosea, not Hosea. I just went blank. And the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, this is the lineage of Ezra. The son of Ahatub, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Marioth, the son of Zerahiah, the son of Uzi, the son of Buki, the son of Abishua, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron. Oh! You can trace Aaron's lineage, not Aaron, Ezra's lineage all the way back to Moses, not to Moses, to Aaron. You can trace Ezra's lineage in the seventh chapter, seven, seventh chapter, all the way back to Aaron. So he was a high priest doing the will of God. Ezra was a good man. He was a contemporary of Nehemiah, a dear friend of Nehemiah. Now, let's go back over here to First Chronicles, the 24th chapter. And David distributed them, both Zadok, the sons of Eleazar and Ahimelech, Eleazar and Ahimelech, the sons of Ithamar. Eleazar and Ithamar were the surviving two sons of Aaron after he killed off these wicked sons. And there were chief men found of the sons of Eleazar than of the sons of Ithamar. And thus they were divided among the sons of Eleazar. There were sixteen sons, chief men, high priests of their fathers, and eight among Ithamar. So Ithamar had eight sons, and and Eleazar, Eleazar had Sixteen sons. Sixteen. Sixteen 
16 plus 8 equals 24. They had 24 courses that these men would serve. When they had all kinds of high priests out there, everybody usually served a course of a week and stayed at the temple a week and ate from the table of the Lord with a flesh hook and they ate the showbread. That's how they lived when they were on a course. If you look down here in this chapter and you get down here to verse uh, get to the eighth course I'm looking for it here the first course in verse 7 the third the second in verse 7 the third and the fourth in verse 8 the fifth and the sixth in verse 9 the seventh and the eighth the eighth in verse 10 the eighth course was Abijah A-B-I-J-A-H and Abijah is pronounced Abiah in the New Testament and we find that John the Baptist John Baptist's father was Zechariah The Bible says he just got off duty at the temple and he was in the eighth course of Abiah. So John the Baptist was a high priest because he inherited it from his father. And Jesus was the king. At the time that Jesus walked the earth, John the Baptist and Jesus was the priest and the king. Now, 24 sons between these. Now let's go back over here to Revelation, the 7th chapter. Not the 7th chapter, the 4th chapter. I'm crisscrossing everything. How much time do I have, Mike? Whew. Before I give you Revelation, the fourth chapter let me give you something in Hebrews the seventh chapter Hebrews the seventh chapter Hebrews 7 and we will then we'll look at Revelation the fourth chapter in the seventh chapter of Hebrews you've got more mentioned, more times Melchizedek is mentioned in this chapter. The Bible said he received tithes from Abraham in this chapter. And the Bible says that Levi played, paid tithes to Melchizedek, which was of the tribe of Judah. Well, he wasn't of the tribe of Judah at that time. But later on, Jesus, being a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, he had Jesus of the tribe of Judah. He's not a priest forever after the order of the tribe of Judah, but of Melchizedek. When you look at this picture, I wrote it on the board the other night, but I'm going to write it again. When you look at the picture, Melchizedek, being a priest forever, Melchizedek, the office start was in the garden. 
started with Jesus killing a lamb to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve and that priesthood forever. There's always a priest continuing. The Bible says so. And that that goes on until Jacob, whose name is changed to Israel, Jacob, and his third-born son is Levi, and then Levi takes over the priesthood from Melchizedek. And then you have the Levitical priesthood, and that goes until the death of Jesus. And at his death, he ascends the throne of our hearts and becomes the priest. He is priest once again after this order that he started and he becomes the priest again. And these priests, these high priests, the 24 high priests, wear crowns on their heads. Not crowns like you and I would call it, but they are... They have gold crowns wrapped around the forehead that says holiness to the Lord. And they submit, the 24 elders, they submit and there's a transfer of the tithe and everything that these priests did. There's a transfer of the Levitical law to the spiritual priests of God and we're priests and kings. And he says here in verse 11 of chapter 7, If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest, another priest instead of the high priest of Aaron, another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek, order, taxes, office, and not be called after the order of Aaron. There's a transfer. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Metathesis. Means a transfer. This is the transfer upon the death of Christ where he ascends the throne of God upon our hearts, which is the Ark of the Covenant, the spiritual Ark of the Covenant. Our hearts are sprinkled just like the Ark was. There's a transfer. The word means transfer. For he, for he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe. The transfer is to another tribe, to the tribe of Judah, Back to Jesus, who is the line of Judah, of which no man gave attendance to the altar. J Judah did not go to the altar. They couldn't. It was against the law. You had to be a son of Aaron. For it is evident that the Lord sprang out of Judah. Of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood. But that's where Melchizedek, Jesus is out of the tribe of Judah. And it's being transferred back to him upon his death. And in validating, blotting out the handwriting of rituals. 
of the Levitical priesthood, not the law, the rituals of the law. And it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest. Melchizedek is in our hearts, who is made not after the law of the carnal ordinance, all those fleshly ordinances is not what it's about, but after the power of an endless life. Now, well, let me go ahead and read the next two verses. For there is verily a dis disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect but the bringing in of a better hope, a better priesthood, Christ, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Now let's go to Revelation, the fourth chapter, if I can get through this. This is the transfer of the priesthood. I'm just going to read through some of this. You see the throne of God here uh, in verses 1 and 2. The throne of God is the Ark of the Covenant. Not the, wait a minute, excuse me, fourth chapter. You see the throne of God. You see the trumpet talking. And then he says, And round about the throne, in verse 4, were four and twenty seats. Around the throne of God, which was the Ark of the Covenant, was twenty-four elders that ruled, and that was Ithamar and Eliezer's descendants. They had twenty-four between them. And I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed with white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. We've got to look at that. Leviticus 8 and 9 and Exodus 28 and 36. Leviticus 8 and 9, talking about the high priest of God. Leviticus 8 and 9. I'll get it in a minute. All right. Leviticus 8 and 9. Speaking of the high priest, and he put the mitre upon his head, and also upon the mitre, even upon his forefront did he put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord God commanded Moses. This is what the high priest had on his forehead. Then if you go over to uh, Exodus 28 and 36, Exodus 28, 28 and 36, and this will tell you about the crowns upon the heads of the high priest. This is very important to understand the transfer. 36. 28 and 36. This is talking about what the priest wore, the robes and all. And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold and grave upon it like the gravings of the signet, holiness to the Lord, and thou shalt put it on the blue lace 
that it may be upon the mitre, upon the forefront of the mitre it shall be, and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead. This is the gold crown on his forehead. That Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel shall hallow in all their holy gifts, and it shall be always upon his forehead or his son's foreheads that they may be accepted before the Lord. So these are the crowns. Well, how much time do I have? Eight. I need to go right to what these 24 elders do. Go back to the fourth chapter of Revelation. This is the transfer of the priesthood. Watch. Pay attention. In verse 10, And the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat upon the throne. The throne was always the Ark of the Covenant. That's where he sat down. He came down out of the cloud or out of the fire and ruled Israel from there. That was called the house of God. And he ruled Israel from his house. So it says, these 24 elders, this is a figurative happening. It happened when Jesus died on the cross. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. There was a transfer. And the four and 20 elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their priestly crowns at the feet of Melchizedek saying we are not worthy to rule this temple of God which temple you are and it has to be sprinkled our hearts have to be sprinkled by Melchizedek and that's the priest of God that's the high priest so there's a, this is where the transfer happens. It happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross and the priesthood shifted. What is your job as a priest? Give your body a living sacrifice and their crowns before the throne. People say, I'm going to cast my crowns at the feet of Jesus. You don't have any crowns like this. You're not a high priest. What is our crown when the Bible speaks of a crown for us? Paul told the Philippians, the fourth chapter of Philippians, he said, said to the Philippians, you are my joy and crown. That word crown there is not a gold crown like these kings of the earth wear with a bunch of gold and diamonds and, and rubies and things like that. That's not what that is. That word crown is the word Stephanos. We get the word Stephanie or Stephen from that. It means an oak leaf. And all the participants in the games wore an oak leaf. They got an oak leaf when they, when they ran the races. Like at Boston, they put a thing on their head. The winner of the Boston Marathon get the crown. Oh, I didn't get time for that. There's no such thing as us having crowns to cast at the feet of Jesus. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the high priest shifting the priesthood. 
And we know that's what this is talking about in this chapter because you see, you see out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne. Before the throne of God was seven candlesticks and that's the seven churches of Asia in Revelation 1 and 20. Seven churches. Everything over here is a shadow. Over here is the very image. Very image. We know this is talking about well, I've heard so many people argue, what do you think the, uh, the 24 elders are? They're the 24 sons of Ithamar and Eliezer. They're casting their, they're saying, we are not worthy. We acquiesce. Acquiesce is a word that means to gently submit to. We acquiesce to your authority. You are now the high priest of God. And he sprinkles the hearts of those whom he will. That's predestination. All of this is predestination. It's God laying these things out. All of these guys are priests, but they're not high priests. Every one of them. Anybody that's son of Levi, Koath was a priest, but they assumed the wrong position. We've had people come in here, I think it's time for me to be the preacher. It's not. We got one. We don't need another one. And we see, we know that this is We see here in, there's a crystal sea, a sea of glass in verse 6. In Exodus 38, 8, it tells you what this sea of glass was made of. The sea, when you look at the 7th chapter of 1 Corinthians, not the 7th chapter, 7th chapter of 1 Kings, you're going to see this. What this sea is, they made, that Moses made a sea instead of a laver because they had grown to be such so many priests that they had to wash at this sea. And wash every morning at the sea. Then they'd, wash, then they'd come back after sacrifices and wash their hands and their feet. Here's the sea right here. And it's called a sea in 1 Kings, the 7th chapter. And when you go over here, and here's what it was made of. You go over here to Exodus 38.8. This is what the sea was made of. Exodus 38.8. I didn't get to all my stuff today. Exodus 38 and verse 8. And Moses commanded the women. He made the laver of brass and the foot of it of brass. Some say that was copper. We don't know. Of the looking glasses of the women assembling, which assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. They used polished brass to look in, the women did, to decorate their faces. Because they didn't have this spun sand that we used and put silver on the back of it that we call mirrors. And I've mentioned it that in the old movie, uh, Ten Commandments, Moses Heston <laughs> goes into goes into the the when he's the prince of Egypt, he goes into the boudoir of 
Nefertari, and she's decorating herself looking at one of these brass glasses. You can see it's real fuzzy hazy. That's what they made this sea from. I don't know why people don't realize that Revelation is Revelation is comes out of the Old Testament. If you don't study Old Testament, you can't understand Revelation. It's real simple when you know that the sea was made of the looking glasses of the women. That's why it was called a glassy sea. Is that hard to understand? If you're six or seven years old, you can explain that to a six-year-old and they can understand it. These doctors say, there's a glassy sea up there in heaven somewhere. No, knuckleheads. It's this. It's not hard. This is the temple. Somebody's carrying the Ark of the Covenant in. And notice they've got it on staves. And Uzzah reached up when they were bringing it back to Israel and he saw the ark, but they were carrying it on a new cart. It was never to be carried on a new cart, and it had to be carried by the son. You could believe that those are sons of Koath. That's who they are. They're carrying that. They can't assume to go in here and offer incense. They had a job. All these are Levites there. And what's your job as a Levite, a spiritual Levite? Give your body living sacrifice. How do you do that? You separate from the world. You tell people truth. You don't run with the world. If anybody brings any other doctrine, do not bid them Godspeed. Don't receive them into your household. Doctrine is the word didache. It means instruction. It's not some mysterious word. If you know what these words mean, it's not hard to understand. i got much more to say on this. I hope you can understand. We are spiritual priests of God. We give our bodies a living sacrifice. We do it willingly. When you're young, you have a hard time doing it, don't you? When you're young in the faith, you have a hard time doing it. You have to grow into it. You have to add to your faith seven things. And boy, that's another story. I'm out of time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Fight our battles, Lord. We've got many people that want to hurt the ministry and stop it. You fight these battles. Deliver us from their evil hands. Lead us not into temptation, Lord. Fight all of these battles. Lord, we pray for Presley and for Ron and the family that you give them strength to continue on this hard journey they're on. Thank you for truth. In Christ's name we pray, man. I didn't get to all that, but I hope that helps. Well, it's something that came out of the old, came out of Roman times. Yeah, yeah. You were participating in the Roman games. I wasn't trying to. I know that. I know you're trying to help, but I didn't have time to go into it. I'm glad you're here, Roger. Thank you, yeah. You really are. Glad you're here. Glad you working. And yeah. Glad you got a car. That's an yeah, awful that's good a car. Yeah. That's an awful good car for $700. I mean, a car like that will sell for $2,025. Yeah, I took, I took, I took, I took, I took your son, Nathan, I took care of that car.
Did they? Rich had well, it in the car. It'll probably sell for $2,500. Oh, yeah. Or 3000 Hey. Look at this up close. But this is running good. I ain't going to mess up a good thing. It's set, it's, these are three bulls facing east, west, north, and south. And all of these have to be Levi's. Find no faults. Yeah. Yeah. He's looking for it. That's what they're looking for. And this is the altar. That's the altar. Yeah. I see they got a something another. Well, it was it was all smaller, but they increased the size as Israel grew in size. They had to increase this from a labor. Labor was just a little thing the priest could wash out. It was just Aaron and his sons. So then. There's a spigot there. Yeah, they had to have a spigot because they'd come back and wash their hands and their feet. Okay. So, is that that's somebody over in there? Huh? Is that the person over in the big sea? I guess. He's getting water out of it for something. Oh, it's a It's a. It looks like a. Person. He's probably gonna wash. They they washed all over. I don't know. They washed all over, and then they went off and sacrificed, and came back and washed their hands and their feet. So he might be taking out water, to, or they may have washed in these spigots. I guess it's an urn. It looks like a person.